You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Jones mean that it's time that for our Straight Talk segment here on Real Presence Live with Father Jason Leffer and Father James Gross from the Diocese of Fargo. The phone number to call is 877-795-0122. You can also leave questions on the Facebook page and Real Presence Radio. And this just got, got me um, thinking, you know, Gen Xers will remember how radio stations would have giveaways where, you know, caller number seven will receive such and such and you're poised by the phone hoping that you have just the right timing to be able to get that call you know in that last segment we we didn't have time to let the listeners know the right. next time uh, nancy and father slattery come on what what read are we going the to trilogy do? of the hunger games by uh, suzanne collins which was published i believe about 15 years ago and it was made into one of the most successful movie franchises of the last decade uh, starring uh, jennifer lawrence and and uh, numerous other uh, actors and actresses so um dystopian fiction is where we're going to be diving in for the next uh, 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 saunter down literary lane. Hopefully we'll have Father Slattery with us uh, next time to visit about that as well. But we have yet another dignitary with us on the line, Mike Kudrowski. <laughs> uh, welcome back to Real Presence Live. Uh, well, thank you very much, uh, Father Jason, uh, Father James. Uh, good to be on with you, and, and thank you uh, again. This is the second week in a row that you've been on the air for us. Last week was with the live drive, yeah. and now with the live show. Thank you. Would you believe they haven't kicked us out the door yet? So. <laughs> I can Speaking believe of- that. Speaking yeah. of the spring 2023 live drive, uh, any uh, updates or, or news that you want to share with us? Oh, yes, yes. Thank you very much uh, for uh, allowing us time to update our listeners on how the spring live drive is doing. And I, 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 I use the, the present sense there, is doing. We're not okay. done yet. Uh, we, uh, we're on for three days, 12 hours uh, a day for 36 hours last week. And uh, uh, we do have an update here. Our goal was uh, 500,000, and uh, right now, uh, at this hour, we are at $463,905.73. So we are getting there. We just uh, received an Archangel gift this morning that was called in. An Archangel gift. I don't know if Rachel can give us the uh, Please, give us the horns. Give us the horns. (laughs) We want the horns. I don't know if Rachel is ready for that. But, uh, you know, it it is uh, and still remains exciting. Uh, Folks uh, that didn't have a chance to call in, didn't have a chance to give last week, uh, we are receiving uh, their gifts this uh, this week, yet the, the, you know, Monday through now Thursday. And so uh, we will uh, we'll continue with that. Uh, for those that uh, didn't have an opportunity or, or maybe out of state or whatever, by the, by the way, if you're out of state, uh, even out of the country, you can look, you can look to our uh, uh, app, our Real Presence Radio app, uh, and you can listen to us uh, wherever you go, even uh, 
mm-hmm. even to uh, uh, to Rome or whatever. You can listen to Real Presence Live. So, uh, for those of you that didn't have a chance to to give last week, you could go to uh, realpresenceradio.com and just uh, push on the donate button, or you can just give us a call. Uh, our staff uh, will certainly take your your call at seven eight seven 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 nine five zero one two two. So. Uh, I just want to extend a, a, a big thank you, first of all, to our, all our donors out there that, that called in. We had a pre-live drive appeal for those folks that gave us challenge gifts. And uh, uh, thank you very much to those folks that gave us momentum going into the live drive. And then we had the, the gracious folks that called in. And even uh, those uh, folks we talked to this morning that gave us an archangel gift. And I don't know if Rachel still has that, those horns ready or not. <laughs> but uh, anyway, uh, we are just so grateful for all our donors uh, and I think Rachel to- tells us that the horns are ready. So go ahead, Rachel. Fantastic. All right. You know, you know, Father Gross, every yes. time I hear those horns, not only do I think of an uh, angel gift to uh, Live Drive for Real Presence Radio, but of course you can't help but think of the Princess Bride. So, anyway, <laughs> to just reveal my mind. Yes, 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 indeed. Now, oh one of the neat, uh, one of the neat promotions that we had going last week was the giving away of uh, RPR baseball shirts for new donors. Uh, uh, did did uh, did we clean you guys out of those? Are there any more left? Do you happen to know? Oh yeah, we have some left. Uh, uh, okay. Those are. Uh, uh, baseball uh, uh, shirts, so they have the sleeves on them. So pretty cool. They're pretty mm-hmm. cool. And those that give for the first time, uh, we will certainly continue to to mail those out to you. So uh, again, uh, if y- you'd like to call in, if this is the first time you've heard about the live drive, uh, the live drive is uh, a big part of our operations budget. We have a two point five million dollar budget every mm-hmm. uh, that we have to meet, and so. Hey, Mike, you know what's mm-hmm. great about that? Yes. We have, we have a potential 2.5 million listeners to this radio network. <laughs> so if every single listener gave $1, we'd, we'd meet our budget. <laughs> Another thing about this is that uh, I appreciated the point that you made a moment ago that there may be a lot of people who, because of work or other um, uh, responsibilities, are driving through uh, parts of our listening area but may not live um, exactly where one of our stations right. uh, or affiliates are. So this is an opportunity for those people to hop on board and to uh, and to help us as well oh yes we get those uh, they are such a, a delight to receive those that driving through that that hear something on the radio that uh, during the live day said hey this is worth uh, this is worthy of my support so they right. they do call in uh, on their mobile phone and and give us uh, give us a, a a a gift give us some support so praise be to god we we uh, uh, we pray very very hard leading up to the live drive after the live drive and uh, the holy spirit will direct us uh, as we mm-hmm. continue this worthy mission of real presence radio worthy of our time our gift of time worthy of our gift of uh, finances. Fantastic. Thanks so much, Mike, and uh, uh, peace to you guys. Uh, Thanks for for your continued work with the station and our apostolate. And thank you, uh, Father Jason, Father James. And uh, one last question. Uh, Father James, are you going to be golfing this August? (laughs) 
I'm not sure if I will yet. Um, there is a um, uh, th- there is an event in the Diocese of Fargo right. that happens around that time, but for a purpose. That's what I'm referring to. Yes. Okay. Okay. <laughs> See what Mike is referring to? He's a ringer. He, uh, he acts. He acts like he hasn't golfed in 20 years, or whatever. And then he comes in and he just blows everybody away. So he's kind of yeah. He's, he doesn't play pair. Fair pool. Let's well, well, well. Let, let me tell you this. My oldest brother, Danny, um, he, he likes to joke that when he heard the um, acronym PGA, what he thought that meant was pushing ground around. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I'm probably not the... <laughs> those in my so, family are not the ones to ask about golf aficionados. So, but <laughs> so, so Mike, yeah. you'll have to get those old rusty 1920 clubs out and polish well, them up and, and it, get ready for August. So. You know, there was some truth in that. It's not 20 years of Father Jason. It was 11 years, but that was the truth. But... Uh, Thanks be to God. I had some lessons from my son-in-law the night before, and that pulled me through. So God bless you. (laughs) Fantastic. All righty. All right. God bless, Mike. Great to hear from you. We'll see you. Fantastic. Okay. God bless. 877-795-0122 is that number. You can also leave questions on the Facebook page for Real Presence Radio. I believe that, Father, we have someone on the line that uh, wants to visit Okay, uh, we did have someone on the line, um, John, from right here in Grand Forks, but we do have the question that he had left here. He would like to ask about the Protestant and Catholic influences of American literature from the early 1800s. That's a, that's kind of a wide uh, net that uh, that one is casting here. We may be able to get him back yeah, maybe, on the line maybe, yeah, to speak more back. in detail about what he is thinking, but we can at least prime the pump here and I, I start actually, thinking I think, about it. I think Rachel said he's going to call back, so let, let's give him a chance to call back in so we can get it from him. Very and good. And then okay. we, we can start on this other topic we have. Yes, today. yes. Um, well, one thing that I think might be interesting to, to visit about is the fact that um, we might just uh, give a little bit of a reminder to people um, about uh, when the Solemnity of the Ascension is celebrated, where it's celebrated, and kind of talk about that. But I understand we do have John back on the line. Welcome to Real Presence Live. Hi, uh, yeah, thanks for this, this talk this morning about Little Women. Yes. I was an American history major, and I got into the the, the, the fiction novels in the 1800s, uh, right from Moby Dick, Glass uh, of the Mohicans, Little Women, Little Men, Mark Twain's, all of them had this uh, spiritual insight. And as you know, the colonies were separate from the Church of England and a lot of the churches in Europe. So they had a lot of these own these novelists picked up a lot of the spirituality of the local people at that time, which civil women stole a lot of it. Uh, and uh, mm-hmm. it's a great period of time to study, to read those books, because these people were really searching for God and that type of thing. And, of course, Catholicism Definitely, was that's true. all the other colonial religions at that time. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, we can talk so about various... Brought... I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah, Little Women was... You know, a good novel to bring everything together at the Civil War. They had their troubles with the spirituality of the of the southern states with the northern states. So these novels were very powerful things to have for the regular people to read about. 
certainly they encapsulated a lot of the um, uh, a lot of the things that were happening at that time. Uh, there's no doubt about that. And uh, we thank you, John, for expanding upon that question. Uh, when we think about you know American literature, that like I said, that casts kind of a wide net. Um, uh, we can certainly talk about fiction works. We can also talk about other yeah, sorts of. Uh, go ahead. That's right, because all of you know back then they were based on their interpretation of the Bible wasn't the church's interpretation, it's these individual people's interpretation of the Bible. So when they came across the new people on the continent, the Native Americans, they weren't mentioned in the Bible. So a lot of these Protestants had a lot of trouble dealing with what was going on at that time, where the church was able to ride it out much better. That that is interesting, too, because even we mentioned an earlier segment Mm -hmm. about transcendentalism, and and I know the transcendentalists actually made room for the Native American spiritualities within their own thing. Again, that appreciation for nature, they saw it as an extension of God revealing himself through nature. So, yeah. And and, and that got away from the Protestant faith over in Europe. Exactly. Cut even more of the ties than Harvard and Yale. They were all religious colleges to begin with, you understand. Indeed. it Quite makes a separation. Think, yeah, Father, Father Gross and I, we had a professor once in Lollaberty who did his doctorate on uh, Jonathan, Jonathan Edwards, Edwards right? and, yes. and, the, and beauty, the, the Great American Revival, and, and, and beauty through Jonathan Edwards. So he, he, again, is known as a, an American who had a really real impact on religion mm-hmm. at this uh, time period as well. Yeah, you know, a lot of those titles, a lot of those authors uh, that you mentioned, John, are very much worth looking at. Um, in addition to that, I guess one of the things that I was thinking about when we thought look at Catholic influences in American literature, if a person wants to look early into church history, there are a couple of uh, foundational bishops um, in the United States who had a lot to say about what it meant to be American and to practice, uh, you know, Catholic faith, especially with the the um, adaptations that so many immigrants had to make as they were coming here. John Ireland from uh, the uh, Archdiocese of St. Paul, Minneapolis is is one. Um, John Carroll, the uh, founding uh, bishop of uh, Baltimore. The you know, There were a lot of dioceses that were other areas, too, that eventually became part of the United States. Even St. John Neumann from yeah, Philadelphia. The Jesuits were here. Mm-hmm. Jesuits were here in and evangelizing the Native Americans before the Protestants even hardly stepped on the continent. That's right. That absolutely, with Marquette and, and French fur traders. And, yep. Yes, yes, absolutely. They got out here in the Western states to get to the Native Americans before the Protestant uh, Americans got out here. You know, it's kind of like in the they modern day where, where like the pro-life movement will bring Catholics and Protestants together for a, a common cause and we begin to appreciate each other. I know for... Uh, Louisa Elcott, her her family was involved with the Irish uh, immigrants. They actually their their pursuit of perfection and and growing in 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 goodness. They actually served the needs of the Irish immigrants, and that's oh. kind of where those couple little Catholic yeah. references appeared in that book. Where be, the influence that those Irish immigrants had. Right, a little bit of familiarity so. there. Well, John, thank you so much for calling and and giving us a food for thought here today. Okay, talk to you later. All right, thank you so much. That number is 877-795-0122 for our Straight Talk segment. And uh, one of the things that we were mentioning just a moment ago is the fact that um, a lot of us of my generation, as we grew up, were used to uh, the Thursday 
uh, a week and a half before Pentecost Sunday being Ascension Thursday, 40 days after the resurrection of Christ, uh, being a holy day of obligation. And a decision was made on the part of many uh, regions of bishops in the United States to transfer that celebration to the following Sunday. So a lot of us will jokingly say, well, in our diocese, it's 43 days after the Lord was raised from the dead that we celebrate the Ascension. And what had previously been known as the seventh Sunday in Easter has been supplanted, at least uh, in our areas, um, with uh, the solemnity of the Ascension. There are certain parts in the United States, I think some areas in the Northeast, uh, the state of Nebraska, you know, various other places where there, that is not the case. So um, uh, if you well, want to just t- talk yeah, about that a little bit. Here's a little interesting trivia thing about that. It was the first, I think the very first year that Pope Francis's pontificate, he there was a scheduled trip to Fatima, actually, and it and it happened uh, over the course of the days of Ascension Thursday, which Rome celebrates Ascension Thursday as a holy day of obligation. Mm-hmm. The diocese, yeah, so our, our Lady of Fatima, the, if Easter falls early, can certainly be right at Ascension right. time. So, yeah. so when he was visiting uh, Fatima, they that diocese does not celebrate it. They push it back to the Sunday. Uh-huh. So the, his very first pontificate, the first, he did not celebrate this, this, this <laughs> feast of the Ascension liturgically because he he missed it physically where he was in location. So isn't that something? It, it creates kind of a thing. But okay, all joking and things aside, right. you know, in the first reading for the Ascension, it's um, um, Luke and he's writing to Theophilus and he he says right in there, uh, you know, forty days after Christ appeared, rose from the dead, he he ascended to the Father in heaven. And just just theologically, there's such incredible importance both on on the Ascension and the 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 symbolism of the number 40 and the descent yeah. of the holy spirit and what yes. this have to do theologically for us as christians um and, and so the, the, this day the importance of it, it today is the day where christ ascends to the right hand of the father in heaven well what we're saying there is um it's kind of like dividing by zero which they say is impossible well how, how do you take the creature and bring it into the godhead right so Human nature joined to the divine nature in the in the divine person Jesus Christ is now brought into the pure spirit of the most holy trinity and it so if you try to think about it mentally, it kind of blows your mind but um, Christ says, "I will remain with you always, and I will be at the right hand of the Father." mediating for you day and night, obtaining for you all that you ask in faith of the Father. Mm-hmm. And he says, what you speak to me, I will, I will obtain from the Father a new advocate, the helper, the Holy Spirit, the divine nature will come down upon you on the 50th day, Pentecost, which is 10 days mm-hmm. from today. Yep. Earlier this week, we had that gospel reading where Jesus says, you know, I assure you it is better for you that I, that I go, for if I do not go, the advocate will not come to you. So Jesus ascends to heaven so that he can be present to us everywhere in all places in all times and one thing that i think is very helpful for us to think about is that in that very first period of time that nine days of prayer and waiting after the ascension until the holy spirit came down in his fullness on the day of pentecost there was this um, pattern established of the novena so when you look at the literal meaning of that word from the number nine that is the standard and uh, catholics for any number of different reasons and um, you know, inter- asking for the intercession of various saints will fulfill novenas. The original one, you might say, to the Holy Spirit begins tomorrow and takes us through those next nine days to Pentecost Sunday. So this novena, the idea of novena nine, it's actually within God's 
creation itself, it appears. And we would say the, the, the original, original novena is the conception of Christ in Mary's womb for nine months, the, the gestation of life, which each one of us coming to being experienced a novena of life from conception to birth, which is, and it's not accidental that it's nine months, and this is God's design. And so really what's happening here is we're saying these nine days, it, it patterned after that nine, nine days in the, the womb, from conception to birth, where yep. Christ goes, he obtains from the Father, and then the, the fullness of divine life comes to us in Pentecost, right? And in these nine days, it's not that we're sitting around like doing nothing or just trembling in fear, wondering, or the, you know, traditionally the Easter candle is snuffed out in these nine days, signifying that he's absent, we no longer see him, but then, then on the, at the Gloria of the uh, Vigil for Pentecost. Pentecost, you would light the candle, then you'd have an octave of the Holy Spirit. The, but in these, so in these nine days, then we're, we're asked to reflect upon the gifts of the Holy Spirit, preparing our hearts, our minds, our imaginations for the fullness of these divine gifts. I want to emphasize there, they're, they're not human gifts. It's not like, you know, the gift of wisdom, you're going to get smarter humanly. It's, it's literally the, the wisdom of the Father and the Son that are sharing. You're, again, by the power of the Holy Spirit, you're taken up into that gift. So it's, it's a gift that's right. given to you. This is, it's supernatural. Yep. That we literally are able now to become one with the, the Divine Spirit. I, I always tell people, because of the ascension, you, you can no longer say, well, I guess you could say, but it'd be a lie. You can no longer say that God doesn't know me because human nature is now in God. God knows the human person intimately now. And so to say that, well, God doesn't know me, that's actually a lie. He, he is one with us. He knows us because the human nature has gone in. And 10 days from now when Pentecost comes, again, you could say, but it, it's not true. You could say like, well, I don't know God. Well, God now makes himself accessible to us to we, through our own very faculties we are we are able to know the divine nature and this is again this is the the foreshadowing of eternal life where we are adopted into mm -hmm. the divine nature right. and so it, it, mm -hmm. it really you know father gross it's all it's all about the dignity of the human person yeah you know, of yeah. who god temples of the holy spirit this, this mm -hmm. is very real it's very real it's not just something yep. you talk about or and just to kind of wrap this up it may sound a little bit corny you know to say this but uh, the fact that jesus ascended into heaven doesn't mean that there is kind of a spatial limitation where if you have your favorite artist uh, musician and you go to concert you, go, you have to go to a certain place to see that person in concert various things like that um it's not as though jesus risen from the dead dies no more but is just within this one spot in the world and since we're on the other part of the world we're kind of missing out so it's not like he established his headquarters and his office in Jerusalem or that sort of thing. So no matter who we are, when we live, where we live, Jesus is as immediately present to us through his body, the church, more so than we could have imagined it being. Uh, one thing I wanted to just share very quickly here uh, before the end of this time in Straight Talk, we mentioned uh, Pope Francis in that first uh, spring after he was ordained. He had some interesting things to say during his recent pastoral visit in the uh, country in Hungary in Central Europe. He said, uh, nowadays, in and this was addressed primarily to youth. Nowadays, there is a great temptation to be satisfied with a cell phone and a few friends. What a pity. Even if many people are willing to settle for that, or even if you are too, it is not good or healthy. You cannot shut yourselves away in small groups of friends talking only on your cell phone. To do so, allow me to say it, is somewhat stupid, end of quote, which is something that he said as we're thinking about um, the U.S. Surgeon General recently released a report talking about a loneliness epidemic, especially with regard to young people. And the Holy Father goes on, he says that the culture tells us we have to be fast, efficient, and
been practically perfect like machines, even though, dear friends, we are not machines. Then we often find that we run out of gas and are at a loss for what to do. We have to learn how to stop and fill our tanks to recharge our batteries. He added, here though I would also say be careful not to indulge in moodiness or brood over your troubles. Don't waste time thinking about who did this or that to me, questioning other people's motives. This is That is not good or healthy either. In fact, it is poisonous and best avoided. So I thought that was some interesting, you know, folksy, conventional wisdom coming from the Holy you know, Father. And again, I think the model for us is shown here where oftentimes in, in the Gospels, they're looking for Jesus. And like, where is he? And they discover he went to be alone with the Father. Alone there is the a Father. sense of community there. He's never lonely. He's alone with the Father. And then he, he modeled this. He brought Peter, James, and John, and it says he brought them to be alone with him, with the Father. Satan, which is, he's the, the father of lies, the anti, he emphasizes loneliness. He tries to isolate you, tear you know, parts so you don't have friends, that you're not relating to a human being. It's a virtual right. reality. And that, that tends towards um, self, towards darkness, towards yeah. depression, self-destruction. And, and another thing about that is that his in a kind of illusion of community is something that is not substantial. It is ephemeral. It kind of comes and goes in a day. So if there is like a, a group or an entourage, they're just following, chasing after the latest fads. And what happens to you when that fad changes? You know, like what's the what's the thing everybody's wearing at the Met Gala? You know, or various things like that. You know, it just and and I don't want to be too stereotypical, but just it's important to look at the importance of what true community unity is, rooted in Christ, uh, fortified by the Holy Spirit, that if we are valuing one another as persons and not objectifying them. In the words of St. John Paul the Great, right? We we were made for another. You do not discover who you are unless you give yourself to another. We're not made to be isolated Individuals, we we are made to be in communion. Like right, right, right. We find ourselves by being a gift of ourselves to others. And uh, as I was reminded of what he had also said, that no one is so rich that they have nothing to receive. No one is so poor that they have nothing to give. And so, uh, thank you for uh, participating in that straight talk segment today. At the top of the next hour, we'll be visiting with a, a priest from the Archdiocese of St. Louis and his latest book, The Forgotten Language. That conversation coming up on the other side of the break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Mm-hmm. 